Hockey fans in Las Vegas, across Nevada, and around the globe, VGK Worldwide, this is Moving Day. Sunday, July 26th, an historic day around the National Hockey League in which 22 clubs will travel to Edmonton and Toronto, joining the Oilers and Maple Leafs in checking into the secured zones for Phase 4 of the National Hockey League's Return to Play plan. It is moving day, and the Golden Knights are headed to Alberta. Hello and thanks for joining us once again. I'm Darren Millard. Today we present a preview on what the players, coaches and team staff will experience when the Golden Knights arrive in downtown Edmonton. Uh, A little on the medical side to come, the hockey part of this massive plan, as well as what you will experience when you watch the Golden Knights on television. Now, In my walk to City National Arena, several of you have asked me about being able to say goodbye to the team before it leaves for Edmonton. That opportunity is going to happen today. Hopefully you're listening to this in the morning. Uh, The club has arranged for a location for fans to gather while in their vehicles parked in parking lots east of Las Vegas Ballpark. And there you can offer your best wishes to the club as it makes its way to the airport. The details all on the website. But in brief, the appropriate parking lots are located off of Orchard Park Drive and Spruce Goose Street. In order to ensure safe social distancing and medical guidelines, all fans attending, again, must remain in your vehicles through the extent of the event. Uh, Those interested in attending are asked to be parked in the east parking lots of Las Vegas Ballpark no later than 10.55 this morning. Fans can begin arriving as early as 9.30, and you're encouraged to night it up uh, around your vehicle on your vehicle. Arrive bringing signs to show your support for the team. Uh, The vehicle, by the way, with the best VGK decor, will be eligible to win Golden Knights theme prizes. And uh, following the playoff cavalcade, fans will have an opportunity to shop for official 2020 postseason gear and memorabilia at City National Arena and the Arsenal. The team store currently open uh, daily from 11 to 4 with a maximum. May have to wait in line here. A maximum of 30 customers allowed inside at all times. I cannot wait for this cavalcade to see all our familiar faces uh, there. The cavalcade includes 31 players. Top prospect Peyton Krebs, who blitzed the Western Hockey League after recovering from an Achilles injury, made the contingent heading to Edmonton. He was so impressive with his vision and skating in Phase 3 in the training camp. Uh, Awesome job by him. Uh, What a great outlook and uh, a great opportunity uh, for Peyton Krebs to be part of the team. The breakdown by position going to Edmonton, 18 forwards, 10 blue liners, and three netminders. Because of the limited rosters, defenseman Jake Bischoff and Jimmy Schultz are not on the roster. Both players, though, commented during camp. In fact, we talked about both guys yesterday. Uh, They said how beneficial the Phase 2 and Phase 3 experiences were in their development. Waiting in Edmonton for the Golden Knights is a secure zone or bubble. That's probably what we're going to end up calling it the most time. Uh, the bubble will house, protect, and entertain the 12 Western Conference teams at the start of the Stanley Cup playoffs. The Eastern Conference uh, dozen will be in Toronto. The setup in Edmonton involves uh, three different hotels either attached to or in close proximity to the host arena of Rogers Place. Uh, the NHL offered details on the living and the playing environments, sharing both what the teams will encounter and what fans can expect when we watch the game. So let's begin on the medical side and talk about the security bubble and what it can provide before addressing what happens if there's a positive test. 
Here is Dr. Winnie Muis, the chief medical officer for the National Hockey League. We're hoping that once we move into the bubble environment, uh, it's constructed in a way, and we've, we've designed it to be constructed in a way that does two things. It protects the public in the first instance, and then it protects the people inside the bubble um, in the second case. And uh, we, we don't expect it to be perfect. Uh, we expect with a number of people that we're going to have some positive tests and we have a method and a process designed in advance to deal with that. And we'll continue to consult with the local health authorities um, as that unfolds. This question of, you know, what do we do with a positive test and, and uh, what, is the, what is the exposure to other people within the bubble environment? Uh, obviously, some of it unique. Um, and we've, we've had a lot of discussion with the health authority and landed on a strategy that's, that's quite similar to healthcare workers where, you know, you, you assume that there's a degree of exposure um, and uh, in the healthcare setting, uh, there's a number of protective measures that can be taken like we're taking in the bubble. Um, the one thing we cannot do with players is put masks on them when they play, but we're mitigating that risk by doing testing uh, on a daily basis. Um, we still will do contact tracing because there's degrees of exposure. And if we feel a degree of exposure is unusually high, um, they still may be quarantined. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, this is a protocol that, that has had a lot of involvement and input and sign off from the Players Association. So as a group, the players are comfortable with it. The medical side has been really locked down and everything revolving around this tournament starts and ends with what is best for the safety of the players, the coaches, and the team staff. Now, when games start, clubs will be playing as many as three games a day. Not each club, but there will be as many as three games a day in each arena in Toronto and Edmonton. The challenge is maintaining a surface on the ice that allows players like Mark Stone and Shea Theodore to use their skills at the highest level. It's already a big challenge for hockey operations, but this is complicated by starting the tournament in August. Here is the NHL Senior Vice President of Hockey Operations, Chris King. We have split our ice facility managers uh, in both markets. They'll work with both local ice crews. Uh, both sheets of ice were put down in the last couple of days. They'll be working off fresh sheets of ice. There'll be no morning skates in either facilities, especially in the early going, uh, because the ability to have the practice facilities to totally concentrate on three games a day. Uh, as Coley said, you know, the heat outside generally does affect uh, the ice conditions in, in our conference final and final, generally in June and July. Uh, August is a new one for both these buildings, but uh, as Coley said, with the, you know, 18,000 less people in those environments and the ability to control the humidity, uh, our guys are quite confident that the ice conditions will be uh, will be ideal for, for what we need, and, and that's three games a day early and potentially two going forward into this tournament. So they're quite confident that uh, we're going to be just fine. Now to what you will see when you tune into the Golden Knights on television. What you won't get a visual of is virtual spectators. In fact, some of those empty seats won't be really seen on television because they'll be occupied by cameras to bring you a brand new look, something that uh, we've never seen before because cameras can't get in front of spectators in the rink, but without spectators, they can pretty much go anywhere. Here's Steve Mayer, the NHL Chief Content Officer and Senior Executive Vice President of Events and Entertainment, 
followed by Commissioner Gary Bettman. There are no fans, and, and many times uh, the considerations of where cameras go in, in arenas are based on where our fans are. And um, it, we don't want to block our fans from the viewing experience. We, we have no fans here. So we are able to walk around an arena like this and find the perfect, most ideal positions for every single one of our cameras. Um, you know, it is our goal to be able to show uh, a hockey game in, in a manner that, you know, shows off the speed and you feel like you're part of the game. You're, you're watching uh, with, the, with the energy that sometimes doesn't come. Yes, it comes from the fans, but sometimes it doesn't come from the play on the ice. And we've all heard that our game, you know, we all want it to translate better for television. We think that in, in this tournament, we're going to be able to accomplish that even greater because of the, the way we could bring our fans right inside the game, down low, show the speed, hear the sounds, and then the energy of the set design and some of the things that we're planning on doing will make it visually exciting as well. I think we're using about a dozen more cameras than we do in a typical national broadcast. Uh, and that uh, will fit very nicely into what Steve's describing. Obviously, there'll be more sounds of the game uh, because you'll hear more of what's taking place on the ice without the crowd noise. Uh, and in terms of set design and what the arena is going to look like from a broadcast standpoint, you know, if, if you see and re recall what we do at all our outdoor games and our other events, uh, Steve and his group are extraordinarily creative. We think this will make for a compelling television product. Uh, and while there's nothing better in person uh, from a sporting standpoint than an NHL game and, and the, the energy, the noise, the excitement of our crowds may be irreplaceable. From that standpoint, this is going to be made into a very entertaining and compelling experience. An area that will get immediate focus when the puck is finally dropped, officiating. Colin Campbell is the uh, Senior Vice President of Hockey Operations, and Stephen Wacom is Director of Officiating. They addressed the preparedness of the referees and the linesmen. We hear right now they're tired of training camp. They want to get playing from, from our people in Edmonton and, and other managers uh, in Toronto and other managers uh, uh, with, within their training camps. The players are tired and they want to get playing. So uh, we know uh, you make a good point. We know they're going to fire back up, but we haven't played for a while. We're going into a playoff-like atmosphere right away after a, an exhibition game or two, which is really good that we get an exhibition game or two. There's an expectation by the players, and there's an expectation by everyone on this call, including our fans, that our, that our, our team of officials calls the game the same way uh, that, that we call the game all year. Uh, we know it's going to get ramped up in these uh, early games. And you're right, Gary, we're going to be going from zero to 60 real quick. Uh, we've been doing everything we can to, to uh, refresh our officials uh, mentally about how, what's going to happen on the ice, situations that are going to arise on the ice, and a lot of the challenges that come with that so that they're up to speed mentally. And we also – We've also been working with them physically because their bodies are going to have to go from zero to 60, much like the players. And uh, they need to be prepared uh, to skate at a high speed to keep up with the pace of the game. So we've been working on both fronts. And uh, we, uh, we believe that we will be ready when these exhibition games come. Now, an interesting topic is the amount of interaction players from different teams could have with each other 
inside the bubble, especially in the first couple of weeks when there's 12 teams in each location. So will the Golden Knights be crossing paths with the Dallas Stars or the Edmonton Oilers? Steve Mayer, again, says the setup is designed to allow for separation. We're finding from our players, uh, this is the Stanley Cup playoffs, and they are competing for the Stanley Cup, and it's their interest to be separated. Uh, The team lounges, the player meeting rooms, the player meal rooms, of course, are team by team. I think there are going to be certain areas where, uh, let's call them common areas. Uh, For the first five days, uh, we've put a very, very stringent tone on the fact that they have to be separated, uh, both in restaurants and and everywhere. Uh, But uh, we really have felt that the players' feedback is their interest to be separated throughout. Um, And we'll see how that evolves as the tournament moves on. There's been a, a real fluidity to this development uh, with the National Hockey League's return to play. It's been a journey to get the Golden Knights to Edmonton. Uh, games are now on the horizon, but in the words of Commissioner Gary Bettman and Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly, there are still miles left in this trip. The sense that going to the hubs on Sunday is cause for celebration. This is just another step in what has been a long journey and still has many, many miles to go before we get to the ultimate place that we're all striving for, which is the conclusion of the 1920 season and the presentation as what we all believe is the best trophy in all sports. So we still have a way to go to feel any sort of gratification. You know, my level of confidence uh, has increased along the way. Uh, And in particular, since we've moved into phase three, um, you know, mandatory training camp phase with with over 800 players uh, in group uh, uh, team building environments. Um, the fact of the matter is, uh, you know, I, I, I think uh, I'm, I'm comfortable with the, the protocols and procedures we have in place. And more importantly, I'm, I'm comfortable with how the players seem to have embraced them um, and uh, taken them seriously. Uh, and are adhered to, at adhering to them. So, knock on wood, as, as Gary said, we have a long way to go. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I'm certainly a lot more comfortable with where we are now uh, than if you had asked me that question a month ago. There are four phases in the NHL's return to play plan. One to three felt like an odyssey. You wondered, were we ever going to get to that elusive phase four that just hung out there in the distance? Well, it hung in the balance, and it's now finally arrived. Games, games, games. Games are next. Uh, Thanks to the players, the managers, and team staff for helping make this possible. They've done their part to make sure everybody's healthy. And now we collectively get set to enjoy their product. Uh, The Golden Knights uh, off to Edmonton tomorrow on the VGK Daily Podcast. What the players have planned to keep them entertained inside the secure zone, inside that bubble. Uh, They're actually working off of the guidance of a team-appointed fun committee. I kid you not, there's a fun committee. Stormy Bonatoni is going to join me tomorrow. Uh, Thanks for listening, and be safe and healthy. I'm Darren Millard. Talk to you tomorrow on the VGK Daily Podcast.